0: hey welcome everybody to not so famous achievers weekly conversations with some of the world's most amazing but not so famous achievers on what they did and how they did it and what you can learn from their journey with your hosts will christ and robert white hey guys
1: well, welcome to the Conversations with the Not-So-Famous Achievers. We have a great achiever on, uh, in our conversation today. This is Kathy Mayfield. And Kathy Mayfield is going to talk about some of the most interesting things when you talk about a, an entrepreneurial company. So welcome, Kathy.
2: Well, thanks, Well, It's nice to be here with you both.
1: So, Robert, um, let, me you, let me tell you what Kathy is. Kathy is the integrator, and she started off as a personal assistant to one of the great uh, supporters of EOS uh, called
3: Traction Tools. So welcome her. Welcome, Kathy. I'm looking forward to finding out more about how you somewhat automate this wonderful system that I've I've learned about through the book and through Will. Uh,
2: It's been a wild ride and so much fun.
3: So, Kathy, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about
1: how you and, and Todd Smart, the founder of Traction Tools, uh, how did you get together?
2: Interesting story. Todd and I met through a Craigslist ad. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have ever figured that you could find the most inspirational partnership through a visionary and an integrator, CEO, second in command, chief operations officer, um, through a Craigslist ad. I was looking for a part-time gig just to pay for some hobbies that I had. Thought, I can do this job. Hands tied behind my back. And when I met Todd, I had a legal background. And when I met Todd, I fell in love with this entrepreneurial community. The entrepreneurs that are just making the day-to-day happen through small business, through medium-sized business. I was like, wow, this is like, This is what's making the world go around. And I realized I could have an impact on that, that I could help somebody gain their life back. Todd was struggling. He was disorganized. Really great at what he does. Super inspirational coach. Helps many teams um, and organizations through their journey of EOS and profitability. But when he was not good at, he was not good at. And he provided a way for me to shine in the things that I'm really good at. And it became this perfect marriage in all the loving professional ways where he let me just take off and do the things that I'm really good at. He started to set goals and he started to find success in setting those goals. I didn't like to do sales. I didn't like to do the marketing. I didn't like to do the coaching. I don't like to be the person in front. This kind of work is, uh, it it requires something for me to prepare. Love people. And so just get into a mindset, oh, how can I help people? How can I help these humans that are making the world go around, get everything that they want out of their life? And it was just by executing on the day-to-day tasks for his business. And so he started to hit his goals. He started to get um, you know, his coaching practice built out and thriving and starting to set personal goals. And those started to get accomplished. And he started to travel less and be home with his family more. And as he thrived, I thrived. Mm-hmm. And it really just became this perfect relationship. Where I get to do all the things that I love to do and I'm good at. Todd gets to do all the things that he loves to do and he's good at. And neither one of us get to like live in this like existence of work. It became so much fun. He provided an opportunity for me to learn how to operate a business. I he learned that he can say no and still have all the things that he wants in his life through powerful conversations. And so here I am today, just bringing that philosophy to a team of Traction Tools employees, our clients, our vendors, our partners, through other coaches, even our own competitor. We're like, hey, boats rise in high tide. Whatever is in the best interest of the client, let's just help entrepreneurs help their employees get everything that they want out of their life. Yeah. Just happen to do it through software. Well,
1: and and, and now, would you say that you're living the EOS life right now?
2: I have always lived the EOS life. I just didn't know what that was.
1: So so let me ask the questions. Are are you only doing the things you love doing?
2: Absolutely, 100% of the time.
1: And are you working with people you love working with?
2: absolutely 100% of the time. Now, Do does that mean I'm always working with the people that I want to? No, because then there's the tools that EOS provides to us to go mm-hmm. through our people issues. Mm-hmm.
1: So that that winds up being So that the winds right up
2: being mm-hmm. the right people 100% of the time.
1: Uh, and are you making a, a great contribution? Do you know that you're making a great contribution?
2: I love to see the clients come back and say, oh, my gosh, you just gave me my life back. I don't have to run an awful level 10. I get to do this through software. Absolutely, 100% of the time. So
1: here's a tough question for you now. Are you being compensated appropriately?
2: Yes, 100% of the time. I am 100% confident I am being paid above market rate Uh and adding the value to the business and the partnership of ownership. That's the and most important thing to me.
1: Number five, yeah. do you have uh, a time for your other passions?
2: Yes. I also became an entrepreneur.
1: Ah, tell us about that.
2: So my husband and I had been flipping houses. We just had been rehabbing our own houses. And I said, I think we can make money at this. We get them really cheap. We turn around and sell them personally for a profit. I think we can make a business around this. And so we have. We flipped about seven or eight properties, acquired a partner now that was like, wow, how can I get in on that? And I'm like, well, let the negotiations begin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you have fun doing that.
2: Love doing that. I love uh, like DIY projects. I love taking something that nobody wanted to do anything with. And it was just a piece of property languishing and bring uh, back sustainable housing to somebody at a low cost that uh, they can afford it. They don't have to live in mortgage debt for the rest of their lives. They don't have to live above their means. They get a quality house that's sustainable and longevity to the community. I We just love doing that. So
1: that's what we're working on. Well, you know, I, I, I think I think what you were doing is uh, what one of my clients is doing. I mean, as he began to live the EOS life, right? He began to delegate and elevate, so that he was only doing the things that he was really great at and loved doing, and 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 he began to delegate that to people that he really loved working with, and he discovered that he was making a great contribution to the whole company. And he he certainly was being compensated appropriately. In fact, during COVID, he and his partner, his brother, decided they were going to take a, you know, a, a total pay cut. And the group said the uh, like management team no, 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 no. You want to take 50 percent? That's fine, but you got to have something. So it was he's certainly being paid appropriately. And 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 then he took his time and started working with Dignity Moves which is, has the goal of getting 5,000 people off the streets in California with low cost interim supportive housing. And he got me drawn into it as well, introduced me to it, and we're having a ball doing it. So there are many people who, as they are freed up through this, uh, this entrepreneurial operating system, they're freed up to do the things that they love doing that they really wanna be doing in other places.
2: And isn't it amazing that we get to make a difference all over the place? Not only do I make a difference with our employees, you know, through a a very well paid job, but I get to make an impact in our communities. And then they get to go out and impact their communities. And then they get to go out and impact more communities. And so we're just really about helping the world be a better place.
3: Well, Kathy, you radiate joy. And so you're a an excellent walking advertisement for, for EOS and for the choices that you've made. It's, it's incredible. And, of course, I I just I enjoyed the last few minutes because I got to see Will lead you through those questions, and I could imagine him doing it with a client. So it's like being a fly on the wall in one of his uh, sessions. That was great. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that, you know, Gino's coming out with a book uh,
1: this fall, All the EOS Life. And the story I just told you, I think is going to be one of the stories in it, illustrating what to do with your passions.
2: Yeah, it's amazing that we have this space through simple tools to do the things that we love to do. Identify the things that we're really not good at, and it's okay. I am not required to be good at everything.
1: That's right.
2: It's a safe place through the, you know, Right tools and hiring the right people and identifying and being that authentic person to say, wait, I'm not good at this. It really, it really hit home when I was doing sales and traction tools in the early days. I just got vulnerable and went to the team and said, "Um, you don't want me doing sales. Just to be really completely honest, I don't ask for the credit card. <laughs> I'm afraid, like <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't like I. I get really good talking to you, <laughs> <laughs> and so so I want to help people and I want entrepreneurs and coaches to get everything that they want. I want to build the relationships, but the closing the sale, I'm not really great at that. Mm-hmm. And so, if the company's going to make money, we really want somebody that's going to ask for the credit card. And so they were like, "Wow, that that takes courage." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because right, as humans, we want to look good. We want to, you know, we just want everybody to think that we're good at everything. And really, it's just not true. I'm just not good at everything. And so well,
1: isn't that isn't that the, the kind of the the kind of shift that happens, Robert, you, you've probably seen this, uh, the shift from I have a great idea and I'm going to start it. And I have to do everything initially. Robert, what have you seen when that happens? What, what kind of conversation have you had with people who are going through that transition?
3: Well, a lot of it's about uh, doing the inner work of uh, resolving those issues that that cause you to make choices that really don't work for you. You know, it's a, it's usually unconscious. It's usually part of that perhaps 90% of our beliefs that are not conscious to us and usually picked up in childhood or with an early teacher, and until you recognize what's driving you into choices that really don't work for you, and usually don't work for the organization, until you get some clarity on that, surface it, so that you can make a conscious choice about how to best use the gifts that God has given us. Uh, Until that happens, there's kind of a, a hamster wheel kind of experience, you know, like Today is just like yesterday, and tomorrow is going to be the same, and uh, maybe I should quit, or maybe I should, uh, you know, go sit on a rock in India and meditate on my navel. And all that crazy stuff comes up. You know, I've done a lot of travel, and if you go to the outback in Australia or the Kalahari Desert in Africa, uh, two places that I've spent some time, those people aren't neurotic you know, they really aren't. They're, they're concerned with family. They're concerned with uh, food, clothing, and shelter. Uh, They're concerned with uh, collaboration, really getting, being together. They're not all concerned about how do I look or how do I sound? and Do people approve of me? And you know, all of those things. That's, that's part of our developed world, uh, mass and individual neurosis. Mm -hmm. If we, if we, if we start waking up to the gift that we are in the world, and let go of any beliefs that we have about what we should be, uh, we can begin to really contribute. The executives that I work with are already really accomplished people. They're they're amazing people. They're smart. They're driven. They're focused. It's lots of good things. And uh, but quite often as human beings, as as frankly, in, in my journey, I've seen it also, we carry around stuff from the past that's unnecessary, uh, dysfunctional, really. And because we're driven and focused, we kind of stuff it down and, you know, crusade through life. But if we want this life, whether it's called the EOS lifestyle or, or something else, living authentically would be another way to say it. Uh, we Sometimes we need to do a little work on clearing the past and becoming more aware of what we're unconscious about. And I, I finish with this story. Uh, one of my clients works for a major Fortune 500 company, and uh, she was talking about the uh, chief financial officer of that company needs to replace his chief of staff. And uh, the reason for the replacement is that incredibly talented person now holding the job is exactly the same as the CFO. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no balance in it. And Kathy's talked about, you know, you, to be an addition, you have to be different. You have to fill those gaps. Uh, but so the office that they've somehow created in the last couple of years is one that lacks heart. It's it's uh, technically outstanding around the numbers around analysis around all of the things that a that a CFO does but the relationships have suffered all around him yeah you know and and it was just one single hire the wrong hire uh, and one that was made unconsciously yeah i mean yeah. You know, well, so and
1: that's one of the things that EOS does Kathy right i mean it does it does help people to be much more conscious about what they're doing
2: Yes, in a very simple way. I loved the simplicity of EOS. Like I said, I came from a legal background that everything had to go through associates and partners. And then you had to go to this committee and you had to go to that committee. And when I realized that we could just take simple tools, have very open, honest conversations, right? About being in a team where we're receiving the blind spot coverage, providing it back to others in an honest, authentic way that in a very simple way, we could all get on the same page and all get the outcomes for the greater good that we all wanted. So I had no idea. I'm a complex problem solver. Who would have thought that I I could solve complex problems with a team of five people in less than 10 minutes. I was like, high five. And when Todd taught me that, I was like, wait, are you like, really? Like, He's like, yeah, just say it in, a, in half the words. And I'm like, ah, wonderful. Yeah. And so yep. then I was like, oh, I have this people issue. And he was like, oh, well, okay, well, let's go through it. And he showed me the tools of how to go through it. And so when I believe people have access to simple tools, they can grasp the deeper concepts that might require more emotional intelligence or more strategy. But don't spend your energy on like trying to figure out what you're not good at. We really know what we're not good at, or what we don't like to do. So let's just create an environment of trust that is, you know, lay a foundation of trust, such that all the other things that we compile on top of that end in the results that the company wants.
3: Mm -hmm. Kathy, Kathy, could you remind me again that you're not a good salesman?
2: <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I I can I can enroll people. I can share the why of why we do things. But I I and I sold real estate too, and I got out of real estate because I felt bad asking people to sign the contract. Like, are you sure you like? And I would ask them, Are you sure you want to go and spend you know three hundred thousand dollars on a house? I could show you one. And then my you know my team is like. Kathy. <laughs> yes. If they want to buy a $300,000 house or whatever it was. <laughs> right. And so um, I just never closed the sale, but yeah. I am a good enroller. I believe in empowerment of people
3: mm-hmm. that
2: people want to do well. They want, they thrive and strive to succeed and do well and contribute to the greater good. It's really just providing a space for them to do that. I, I give it back pay it forward, however we want to talk about it. But yeah, gifts yeah, were you, given to me.
1: You you probably had people who were going around saying, uh, uh, when are you going to ask me to sign?
2: I did. <laughs> I did. Where, where do I
1: give my money? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's cute. It's cute. I, I really do believe in the work that EOS is doing. I believe that it provides a simple way For business owners, business teams, individual contributors to gain access to freedom.
1: Yeah, yeah. Freedom. uh, And what Gino taught us was that we we were looking for freedom of time. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have we own our time. We're looking for freedom of money. Financial freedom. And we're looking for freedom of relationships, not from, but freedom right. of relationships so that we're really choosing the people that we want to we want to associate with. I mean, it was such a gift to, to discover just a couple of months ago, this wonderful guy named Robert White. And it was on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember, Robert, I don't even know how we got together on that podcast. But now there's real joy in just being with Robert. We don't agree on everything, but that's not the point. And I well, think that that's- would be
2: really boring, wouldn't it? Wouldn't <sighs> it, Robert and Will, if you agreed on everything, if there was no give and take, there was no thought leadership, there was no, I believe iron sharpens iron. And so yes. I surround myself with people that make me better. I don't want to be, you know, the tall man on the totem pole because that doesn't <laughs> inspire me to be better. I love the little healthy competition that happens in teams when one person's getting their goals and their rocks done. And I'm like, oh, I'm behind. And they're like, (laughs) well, let me help you. And then there's this competition of like, who's going to get it done? Are you going to come in? Are you going to like, how can we all, and then there's a rallying of the troops that are like, okay, how can we all get this work done such that everybody benefits? We're not siloed. We build teams. I love the healthy competition. I love that I get to meet awesome people that inspire me and challenge me to think differently.
1: And, and isn't, isn't amazing to move from the place where all of these, these things are so emotionally charged, to, to move from there to it's just an issue?
2: Right. When you can take, yes, yes. Emotions can take you so out of the game. Now, they can be healthy, right? Your emotions are not either unhealthy or healthy. It's what you do with them that I Mm -hmm. believe is what creates the toxic environment or a real inspiring, empowering environment. So, emotions like can bring flavor and color to a conversation, but I don't want to make decisions for the greater good in an unhealthy emotional context, right? I want to take a deep breath, compose the facts, get everything together. And that's what EOS issue solving does. Mm -hmm. What, what are you really identifying the issue is we spend so much time talking, 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 talking that we really don't get to the, meat of what the problem is
1: right right
2: so i believe we just like like you said robert earlier we're on these hamster wheels of our job i don't want to be on a hamster wheel of a job i want to come to a sandbox create beautiful sandcastles empower people to do a little bit of everything somebody's getting the water somebody's getting the bucket somebody's you know designing it somebody's like sculpting over here and it's really a cohesive united effort to move this massive ship forward such that the community as a whole benefits. Because it's mm-hmm. more about the community and the world than it is about just our little piece of traction tools.
1: Well, you know, that that, that, whole, that whole thing that, that traction tools helps companies do is to get that whole notion of, uh, of how we, we take these issues and we get them on the table, number one. And you know, because this becomes the repository for somebody that have to create a whole new form, it's right there. Just use the form, and, and then to to when we look at that issue, to first uh, agree on what is it that we're trying to solve here. What's the real problem? Because if we don't know what, if we don't agree on what the real problem is, we're not even going to talk to each other. So digging, digging down to understand what is the real problem that's going on that we want to solve before we start discussing possible solutions.
3: Yeah, I think we could argue that almost everything we've talked about here is really how to use uh, this amazing tool to both improve our business, but also improve our lives. But I think it's about time for a break where we're actually going to talk very directly about the tools. So uh, let's take a short break.
0: Traction Tools is the EOS software for visual collaborative problem solvers like you. Built to manage each key component of your business, including vision and traction, data, people, meetings, and even process. The new digital whiteboard helps you illustrate, communicate, and work together throughout the decision-making process, and our new document drive makes file sharing even easier. So if you want to save time and reduce repetitive tasks with easy automations, you really should take a look at Traction Tools and their EOS software. Sign up for a 30-day free trial at MyTractionTools.com. That's (laughs) MyTractionTools.com. And now back to our show.
1: All right. All right. So, 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 Kathy, tell us some stories about how Traction Tools, as a company, used EOS. What were some major experiences that you had, breakthroughs?
2: So early on, we decided that we wanted to grow this business exponentially, just as a business. So it started building a relationship. EOS was not in the software business at the time, and so building a relationship with Gino, it kept everything, all of our to-dos, all of our issues, all of our headlines, what's going on today, in one simple, cohesive place. So that as we're starting to embark on the journey pre-revenue, we knew that we would be able to hit our goals. It held the team accountable. It kept everybody at the forefront of what was happening in the business. It allowed ownership at a higher level to look into our scorecard and see where are we at today? What are we? Where are we going? It put the VTO, it put everything right in one place. So I didn't have to have multiple meetings with multiple owners, with multiple stakeholders to get the information and the communication loops closed. They could log in. They could see Kathy got this done today. Oh, this is an issue for her. Let's get this resolved. We removed blockers very quickly. And then it started to help us through our people when we were hiring adding people to our issues list. I was the first one to add myself to an issues list. I was like, hey, I'm not the right person, right seat for this job. We really want to start hiring people to do this work. And so it really just kept everything in one place, simple, cohesive, and the accountability factor allowed us to actually grow, hit our numbers, hit the milestones that we wanted to within the business, And it documented it. There was no he said, she said. It wasn't like I could be off in some little office somewhere doing my thing and not being held accountable. Nope. Every day somebody was holding me accountable. And we operated our weekly meetings, our level 10s, in the early days every other day i was it was 3 of us that were starting and we're in communication every day iterating software beta testing something developing something instead of going into an email all of our all our developer had to do was go into traction tools itself it allowed the developer to create empathy for the user build a solution that entrepreneurs would actually use as he was an entrepreneur And then Todd was providing um, insight into the EOS operation. Like, how do we operate this software such that they're not distracted from running their business on an operating system that will allow them to hit their numbers, hit them, you know, get their goals completed. And so it was a simple way for us to just keep it all in one place. And we started to grow fast. It was like... Hit that number. The next 90 days, we were hitting our numbers. I think in the first five years, we always came within 1% or 2%. Always got our rocks done, maybe not 100% getting rocks done. And a couple of quarters we did. And I was like, wait, this is. And I wasn't the integrator at the time. I was just an executive assistant helping Todd and ownership execute the business. Um, And I said, wait, there's something wrong. There's an issue. We're not pushing ourselves hard enough because I could see over a couple of quarters we were getting one hundred percent of our rocks done, one hundred percent of our to-dos. I said I think we could push ourselves a little bit harder.
1: Yeah, that's the whole point. Is uh, we only are asking eighty percent of the rocks done, right? And 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 those numbers that you're talking about weren't goals; they weren't hopes; they were predictions. Correct. And so you were getting very good at predicting what was going to happen every 90 days.
2: Yes. It allowed us to push ourselves. It allowed us to think bigger, dream bigger, stretch ourselves. Um, And so then there was a quarter that we came in and we were like 70%. And I was like, oh, we're on the right track here. Let's keep going. Right. (laughs) Right, So it got this flywheel that was spinning. And then we started to gain clients. And then we're like, hey, and they're asking us the same thing you did. Well, how do we use this? How did this help you? And I was like, yeah, this is what I've noticed by keeping the accountability at the forefront. The he said, she said went away. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Everybody's in alignment. Our communication circles are closed. And we started to grow fast. And then we started to watch our clients grow. And then they're saying, wow, I can't believe it. Like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. We actually had a successful quarter. And I said, what's your definition of success? And they were doing the same thing. Oh, scorecard numbers are in the green. Our rocks are getting complete. Our net to-do completion is at 90%. We're hitting our annual goals. And so the first two, three years, we were hitting our numbers within like 1%. And then COVID hit and we still succeeded. We were still thriving. Our clients were still thriving. And people would call and they'd be like, oh, we want to quit. And I'm like, you know, it's five minutes too soon to quit don't quit. Give us another 90 days. I'll help you. We'll connect you with coaches and implementers that can help navigate you through. We're in a time of war. It's not the time to quit. It's the time to buckle down, stay focused, have your tools right in front of you. Software is simple. We don't want to make it complex. And so we started to see our clients start to thrive again. Businesses to
1: pick up. There's a change there. And Robert, you may talk about this too. There was a change between how do we keep these clients on for us to how do we keep these clients moving in the direction that's going to get them to the next level for them.
2: Yes, it was never about us. We celebrated the wins that we had and we high fived each other. But our number one priority is always the client, always the people. It is not about, like, if we hit our numbers, we believe we'll hit our numbers if we take care of the people first. It's always the entrepreneur. It's always the business team. It's always out there in the community before what we do internally. And it comes, we believe, if we give it all away, we'll eventually get what we want. But we're not about getting what we want. We're about helping entrepreneurs, business owners individual contributors get everything that they want out of their lives
3: you know one of the learnings that i've had kathy from traction and from working with will is this idea of of separating this job between the visionary and the integrator uh, or what's often called coo the person that's running the daily stuff of the business and i work primarily i guess if i was talking about entrepreneurial leaders I work with those in maybe second stage or third stage or fourth stage or something like that, not with startups. But as I look at my own journey and I look at the journey of of my clients and also when, you know, often people reach out to me for help and they're not clients, they really don't qualify yet, but you want, I want to help. And what I see as an issue, and I'm curious because you've, you've been through this process yourself, is... How do you make that jump from the founder doing everything and making all the decisions and you're not big enough to hire that integrator? You know, how do you make how do you navigate that?
2: Yeah, you you have a right hand person that you trust that complements you. So it requires something for that visionary to admit, just like Todd in the beginning, he, you know, we're all about looking good. I was a new hire. He wanted to impress me. And I'm like, quite honestly, dude, like the best way to impress me is to just be your authentic self, mm-hmm. right? Because I can read through fake in a heartbeat. And what's going to be really successful for me and for you is to just be our authentic selves. And so I know Todd struggled. He did struggle with having somebody execute on his behalf. And so we just went through simple exercises of trust. And then we were very conscientious if we violated the trust or I made a mistake or Todd made a mistake or said something that didn't quite land, that we were owning that, that we were like, hey, this is like I'm a flawed human being. And I didn't mean it for that. You know, I didn't mean that to show up that way. It did. I don't want it to damage what we have going forward. What process can I put in place such that that won't happen again? It all came back to process. Okay, Kathy, let's just document it over here. Oh, if you just add this thing to my phone. Oh, if you just flag this email in this way. And so we started to see little by little trust being built me executing effectively that he was inclined to hand more of the bigger projects off. Then there was a time where I said, you know, with all due love and respect, Todd, you're not going to do that. This is the second quarter. You didn't complete that project. I'm going to complete it now. And he was like, no, no, no. And he was like, no. And so I just went and did it anyway. (laughs) I just went and did it anyway. And I said, you know, I love you. I care about you. I want you to thrive. I want you to succeed. You are not making a very good decision right now. And so I'm going to, with all the love that I have for you, do this thing for you. And it was successful. So all along the way, I said, hey, I just want to give you a status update. Can we get on the same page so I can give you a status update? And so we saw that communication was going to be like consistent, that he was going to get the high level things that he required so that he could be out of the weeds of that project. And then that project was successful. And then a real funny story about my integrator journey was I did not start as the integrator of traction tools. I started as Todd's executive assistant. There was a finance person that was sitting in the seat and her and I had a conflict. I didn't have a seat on the accountability chart. And I just went to the whole team in a level 10 and I added myself to the issues list again. And I said, you know, I just want to be really honest here. You know, when people say they want to be honest, I don't want to leave the impression that I lied before. What I'm saying is I want to be really vulnerable here. In order for her to succeed, I believe it's best that I step off, let her own the seat. She's going to thrive. We won't have the personality conflict that we have over here. I can go execute over here and she can go execute over there. And ownership came back and said, whoa, 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 wait. (laughs) The one person that is executing that cares about the greater good of the business, you're willing to give up your role in the team for the greater good of someone else. This is the integrator role. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just doing what I do. Like I just care so deeply about the company. I care so deeply about the people in the company. I care so deeply about ownership, getting the things that they want out of their life that I'm not doing anything to get a job, right? To get the title. I don't care about the title. I care that the business is moving forward. And they said, that is what the business requires right now. And so here I sit today, building a team, of powerful, capable people that have a voice in the operation of the business. It's not my way or the highway. Everybody contributes through an effective level 10. Every department in our business runs a level 10. Every employee has an opportunity to have their voices heard. We give shout outs. We give high fives. We acknowledge the successes and wins of our individual contributors, along with owning our own mistakes. When I make a mistake, I don't just sit to ownership and own my mistake. I'm going to the entire company saying, hey, I just want to let you know, I did not succeed in this area. What am I going to put in place such that this won't happen again because this impacts you? There's a cost and an impact for me to make that mistake. And I don't want to be the hindrance or the blocker for the team. So this is the process I'm going to put in place. What that has created is a level of integrity in our business that I have not seen in many other organizations. So now our individual contributors, our managers, our finance team, our partners, they're coming to us saying, hey, we... You know, we just want to acknowledge the integrity that your company has. We get it, and we want to also restore our integrity. Our invoice was late. We didn't get that email over to you on time. We and so we see this integrity thing happening that just makes our community better. So
1: well, you know, I was I was talking this morning with with somebody, and and it seems to me that there's there's two very significant shifts. In the organization that's moving through in the, the EOX process, and and sometimes that's that's about two years, uh, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. But in those, the, the, some of the two major shifts, and the first one is to for the owner, the founder, the CEO, the head dude, to say, and sometimes I have to ask him to say it, so the team really believes it. I am not the one making all the decisions. I am part of this team. I may have my own perspective. I may have my own experiences. But this team is making the decisions. As long as you can all get on the same page, you're making the decisions. And that is a major shift for many people because for years, they have been operating in various organizations with the idea that Well, the one who owns it, the one who is the founder or the head dude, it's all their decisions. And I'm just here to implement that. So making that shift and sometimes asking the head dude to to articulate that very, very clearly and then going around the circle and say, do you really understand? This is now your job to take responsibility for making decisions in your department in coordination for the greater good of the organization, as you move toward your common goals, that's number one. And then you mentioned that, you know, everybody involved in a, in a level 10, the second big shift is when somebody in the organization, the leadership team will say to me, and it happens every time in in the process, they'll say, well, now do you, are, are you telling us that, that in a manufacturing plant, are you telling us that even the, the one turning the bolts uh, on the uh, manufacturing floor is going to be involved in a level 10 weekly meeting and making decisions and solving problems? Yes. yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. Oh, well, they are capable
1: of that, and that's the challenge because that is a huge shift because when that person on the floor recognizes Their job is helping the company achieve its goals.
2: Whoa, what a change. Change. So that is transformational. So I work with a female integrator mastermind group called FIM. And we have manufacturing integrators, right? They're they're female integrators of manufacturing companies. And they said the same thing. Oh, our visionary um, is so struggling with us having level 10s on the floor. And I said, wow, I would be advocating, do you want to do all the work or do you want to empower them to do the work? Right. Because if they're not if you're not teaching them to solve your own problems, then you're going to become the problem solver for everyone. And I don't want that monkey in my office. I want to empower others to solve their own problems. They're in the weeds of it day to day. They know the best way to solve that problem. Now we have a VTO and we have a business plan such that they know the bigger objectives of the company. And I said, as long as you're not violating our VTO and you're not veering and creating a widget when we're selling software, I'm completely fine with you making a decision as long as it's in alignment with our VTO. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, I can go and I can decide to, you know, like buy this T-shirt over that sweatshirt. And I'm like, yes, Please <laughs> do not bring your decisions into my office. I'm going Keep to get monkey
1: out of my office. Yes.
2: Right? <laughs> yes. I, I created a sign that has like a, a little monkey with like no monkeys. I yeah. want to teach <laughs> no you. I don't right. want to be your button pusher. I want to right. empower you and teach you, right? It's the responsibility of the managers and the leadership to teach them how to make those kinds of decisions.
1: Absolutely, because uh, tomorrow I am am ha- I have a quarterly meeting with one of my clients, and one of the one of the we're working on LMA. That's the tool: the lead, manage, and hold accountable. And and the book that they're going to be reading afterward, because they they read How to Be a Great Boss, which is the the you know the, it's, it's really the the script, the 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 material for how to lead, manage, and hold accountable. But their book tomorrow to read next quarter is is Ken Blanchard's book on uh, The One-Minute Manager Meets the Monkey, <laughs> How to Keep Love the Monkeys book. Out of Your Office. Yes.
2: Love that book. Um, yeah. yeah, there's an there's a education that happens within the management to teach their teams how to make those decisions, facilitating their level 10s, what, looking, you know, and, and demonstrating what, Integrity restoration looks like what vulnerability looks like. So they are empowered to come in a safe environment with their team and make their own decisions. And if, if we did not empower the teams to do that, Traction Tools would still be, you know, a pre-revenue software company because I just I, I can't make all the decisions. It's impossible. And so when we start to build a team through the tools, using you know our people analyzer and making sure that we're hiring for our core values and culture and skill that we build a team such that I'm confident and ownership. The visionary is then confident to let go of the vine, to be able to trust the people to make the decisions farther down such that the business meets their objectives.
1: Excellent. This has been so much fun, Kathy. I, I cannot allow you to leave without just saying to you publicly thank you so much. Do you remember Jennifer Bright?
2: Yes, I love her. I love her.
1: You did such a tremendous thing for her in teaching her the EOS language and the vocabulary. And then the whole team at Traction Tools supporting her. She is is a marvelous assistant for me. And she really is the integrator of my organization. So, so I just wanted to publicly thank you for for helping her and and in helping her you helped me but so much uh you you've made such a significant contribution
3: to her life oh,
2: isn't, I just isn't this love a great her. person
3: <laughs> isn't this a great person Robert she's amazing and again that the uh, the joy that she expresses is inspiring to me and I'm sure to the listeners and viewers of of uh, our work well that you see an example of that. You know, I, uh, learned, I've learned. learned a lot more from failure than from success. That's not unusual, I've found, with entrepreneurs is that, you know, when we get slapped upside of the head by reality, we learn a lot or we tend to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking uh, recently about Steve Jobs, the late Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. You know, he had two major failures in a row, the Macintosh, which led to him being fired from his own company. And then the uh, next computer, which the heart of everything they're doing today on, on the software side, but it was as a company, a failure. There is on YouTube, a very kind of casual recording video of a meeting he did with the next staff. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how it's titled, but uh, you know you dig around in YouTube, you can find it. And what I realized about it is that in his own stumbling, bumbling way He was doing what Kathy just recommended in terms of driving decisions down in the organization. Even though he was the uber controller of everything, he really was encouraging people to think creatively, to think about solutions, to think about how do we make this whole thing work better. And he was very in that video for me, at least having read his book and watching the movie about his life. He was much more open. He was much more humble. Than, uh, I don't know, like the common belief about him. And I think that journey toward having a kind of balance between humility and claiming your power for leaders is a really interesting subject that I think is going to, it's triggered by Kathy's sharing today, for which yeah. I am grateful. But yeah. I think that's a subject that we're going to explore deeper in a uh, future podcast. And, and we didn't get around to
1: talking about it, but there's a huge shift that we're experiencing in business, in the country, in the world. We're in for a wonderfully exciting path for the next 10 years. It's exciting. So, Kathy, let me ask you, what would be your your encouragement for entrepreneurs in the world today?
2: Don't quit. It is five minutes too soon to quit. There are people that want to help, that want to help you gain your life, either back or to continue that pathway of thriveability. So we are happy to help. It's our number one core value, helping. The team attraction tools does it in their communities. Don't quit. Count on the people that you have built around you. You intentionally brought them into your life. Keep doing that. Find a way to entrust them so you allow yourself the freedom to do all the other things that you're really passionate about in your life. And there are people in the in the community that want to help, from coaches to software vendors to other peer groups like EO and Vistage and YPO, um, and then the community and your family as a whole, we want to help get your get all the things that you want out of your life. So that's my one recommendation: five minutes too soon to quit.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Kathy, because it, you just continue to sh- to to show Robert and me and all of our listeners that. You don't have to be famous to make a tremendous contribution to the business world and to people's lives.
2: Thanks, Will. Thanks, Robert. It's been such a pleasure to spend time with you. Send my best to Jen. I will connect with her very soon. Um, It was just a pleasure to get to know her. She enriched my life just as much.
1: Well, Um, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Well, there you have it, some conversations with some not-so-famous achievers. People have done a lot, and a lot of things we can learn from them. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.biz. Streaming live from the Cove here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.